Hey friends, on this episode, we have New York State gubernatorial candidate, Paul Nichols. Now this dude is my brother. I've known him since I was like 12. But let me back up real quick. Am I the only one who did not know that the word gubernatorial existed until I just Googled it? I was saying governorial candidate. <laughs> but okay, you learn a lot of things. Now, this episode isn't for like the political folk who are looking for deep policy details. No, but what it is, is an amazing conversation about how hope can lead people to believe and do the impossible. Now, let me tell you, when this episode is done, if you don't feel like you could do some stuff, man, it ain't my fault. I tried. I tried. But this episode will have you feeling like you can do and achieve the impossible. Woo! Guys, get, get going uh, you guys are ready. Yeah, well, hold on, hold on. So wait, do you, and you, recording started, right? Yeah, it, it started. Oh. Okay. Uh, so now the pressure's on. Too. Oh, yeah. Thanks a lot. Thanks well, for the warning, Ike. <laughs> well, I don't want this moment to pass before we can just, you know, one shouts out to my cousin Ike, you know, um, and our new uh, our new nephew slash my new godson Andrew, who was just born. Nice. Uh, very recently, like a what a week, bro. Yeah, it was a week yesterday. Fresh a- out the oven, Ike. I like that. <laughs> Yo, long one. And you know, so crazy. Like, so I hit him up about this interview because you know, you know, Paul, you know, and I, you and I were talking about this for a while. Yeah. And um, but I was like, man, he just had a baby, and yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> so I, when I told him about it, he was like, for anybody else. No, for any other guest, no. Because you know I just had a baby, right? <laughs> yeah, right. But he said for him, yeah, we're gonna do it. Oh so, man, oh man. Major shouts out to 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 the brother, man. Oh, I guess that's that's front row, that's front row seats at the inauguration, <laughs> man. <laughs> Eddie, anything for you guys, man. It's uh it's my pleasure to be doing this at the end of the day. So you know, um, being with Ugo and being with you as well, too, and um, what you're running for and what you're standing for is, is amazing, you know, and I'm fully supporting it. You know, so I, like I told Ugo, like it would, if it was anybody else, it's like, nah, let me give me a week. Is it a boy or boy or girl, Ike? A boy. Nice, nice, nice. The, the line continues. <laughs> this is your first? Uh, for this is the first one. First one. Nice, nice, yeah. nice, nice, nice. Uh, I, I, I thought you was about to say this is my fourth, and I was like, no, uh, no yes, no, it sounded no, like I had a fourth. Yeah. Like, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> There's still way too much hair on your head for four. <laughs> <laughs> so no, so now here's the here's the trippy thing, right? Okay, because you know people are just tuning in. We re- we ready to started rolling and vibing, but Paul Nichols, Paul Nichols, who I've known for more years of my life than I've not known him is running for governor of the state of New York. Bro, what? I'm I'm still trying to process that myself and it's been a month and a half. Still trying to figure out what that even means. (laughs) Wait, like, so- We have known each other longer than, than then we have not known each other for the record. Yeah. I've known you most of your life and all of your adult life. 
Oh, you've known me all of my adult life, and sometimes we're trying to figure out when exactly that started. But um, <laughs> nevertheless, we are here, and I Man. am running for governor of the state of New York. Bro, when we were at your um, uh, the 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 first rally, is that the lingo? Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Whatever lingo you use, Skippy, that's going to. That, excuse me, I have to preface that. I, I, my nickname for the great host is uh, is Skippy, but I, I can be formal if you'd like me to be and call you. <laughs> whatever, whatever you want me to call you, that's what I'll call you. No. I just won't call you late for dinner. <laughs> so my issue is, I'm like, I'm trying to be cool and use all the political terminology, but I'm like, listen. I, I don't got that much, bro. <laughs> and, and part of what this is, is throwing out the old playbook of what is traditional of what we've all come to know is what we're supposed to say, what's supposed to, things are supposed to look like. And it's ushering a whole new era of making politics, government policy accessible to everybody so that no one feels like we can't participate because we don't know how to. So whatever whatever makes sense in in terms of describing parts of the process to you, that's 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 the way we go because this is as real as real gets. This is as down to earth as down to earth gets, and that's the way we're going to bring some real change around the state. Yo, yo. So let me. I forgot to set my timer because I know we got oh, yeah, a we'll, hard. We'll, we'll go. We'll go. Yeah, because no, because we know you got a heart out because we know you yeah. got. I mean, come on, you're running for running for governor. Like, you know, it's so funny. I continuously want to say you're running for governor of the state of New York City. Um, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, so people still actually say that too. I mean, what know. wait, so I listen. You uh, so this this whole conversation, it's not gonna be like a heavy political conversation, like I was right. telling you, because I think once people get to know you, right. like they'll see like when you're talking about as real as it gets, yo, hundred percent. Like we both have grown up in a neighborhood where you don't think anybody is going to run for governor. Right, right, you don't right. think anybody maybe is going to go to college, bro. Right. You not only went to college and excelled. I mean, you killed it as a Brooklyn tech running back, you know, um, yes, yes. then, then you go to, um, I'm not sure what undergrad you did, but I know John you then Jay went College, to yeah. John Jay. Yeah. Yes. Then you went to New Captain York law. Local, right? Kept, yeah. Yeah. Well, you had offers to go to other places, Absolutely. but you stayed and I was very thrilled because our friendship could continue. That's right. That's, <laughs> right. That's right. Pennsylvania's got nothing. Penn state's got nothing on you. <laughs> I remember those offers and I was yeah. so thrilled yeah. when you stayed. Because you meant so much, obviously, to not only our family, um, but the community, you know, like just at large. So yeah. having you still there was like, that was a huge win for us. But then you go on to New York law and see, I see, I'd have to do research for your, for your background. Cause I know it. <laughs> you, you were there. I was there. I, I, I was consulting with you with some of those decisions. So what do you, what do you, what do you think? New York law? Yeah, right. And then like you, you get a full ride to New York law. Um, and it's just like continual God's blessing, right? And then here's 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 a kicker. Here's where I was like, okay, maybe this guy's a little off. You get this major corporate lawyer job, high six figures. Ike, I hope you're listening. 
high six figures. <laughs> and then you turn that down. You leave that to go work in your local church. Yes. Uh, <laughs> full stop. Uh, <laughs> Talk you know, me through that. Yes. So when I graduated uh, New York Law, you know, part of the process is you go through, um, you know, summer externships, summer internships and summer employment. Mm -hmm. And I was blessed enough to be accepted into a program where you were able to be placed with you know, corporate law firms. Now in the legal culture, that's kind of where they push you. They push you towards, you know, doing some of the big corporate law jobs, that kind of thing. So I work with a big corporate law firm, uh, Dave Pitney. Um, that's the current name at the time I was working there, it was Pitney Hardy. And you know, the, the pay there was money that I hadn't seen in my life. <laughs> and uh, like you said, where, where, where we grew up, Folks weren't thinking about running for governor, running for anything. They were just largely running from the police officers, and, um, <laughs> you know, hoping not to get caught, hoping their fencing jumping game was 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 on point, uh, which we practiced. We practiced. <laughs> we practiced that. <laughs> we practiced jumping the fence, just just for jumping fence sake, not even running from the police. But um, you know, when when I remember there was a time when I was sitting in the office and. I looked out the window and 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 when I was sitting there, it was a it was a beautiful office. They had my name that was actually uh, already pre-printed on the door uh, when I got there, um, and then stationery that actually had my name on it and everything. Wow. It was like a whole big deal. And I was sitting in my office and and it was uh, in Times Square and and on like the forty something floor, one of the that the main big glass building in, in, in Times Square. And something didn't feel right. It didn't feel like this was was me. And um, you know, I, 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 I looked at where I came from and I looked at where a number of the people that I grew up with came from, where they went to wonderful opportunities and it looked as if they completely left the community and never really gave back. And so for me, it was different where, you know, when you're working with a big corporate firm, if their client loses a case, even if it's a multi-million dollar case, it's just the cost of doing business for them. And nobody's life is really impacted. But in the area where I come from, if someone loses a case, somebody's probably wrongfully going to jail, someone's losing their home, somebody's life has completely changed. And so it didn't feel as if I belonged there. And so ultimately I went on a path towards doing something that kind of felt a little bit more real to me, felt a little bit more like the gifts that God has given me, I'm able to use them to people, for people that it would directly benefit in a, in a very, very real way. So I left corporate law and then went to government. And then, as you said, um, you know, again, turned walked away from a lot of money for those uh, folks that know how much corporate lawyers get paid versus how much uh, government workers get paid versus how much church workers get paid. It's like I was looking to uh, find the biggest ramp and slide down salary wise. Um, but hey, but but as I went down in pay, I went up in fulfillment, went up in the amount of purpose that I was uh, exacting in my life and, and that amount of self-actualization, it, it got me closer to understanding that life really isn't about money. 
but it's about making a difference. I heard Denzel Washington say you can either make a living or you can make a difference. And so one of the things that I chose was to was to make a difference. So it was a call that came from deep. I'm not sure how deeply spiritually you want me to go with it, but it was, I'll just leave it at, it was a, a, a strong call to walk away from politics and, 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 and go and serve in the local church for, for nothing at the time. So you clearly are a man of deep spiritual convictions. And um, even on your, on your poster, uh, your, your line is a do the impossible. Right. There's a right. Jesus fish there. Right. So like, so it's not like you're hiding your faith, you know? Right. right. We're not so, hiding it. Right. So how do you think your uh, politics, your faith comes into play when it comes to your politics? Because there's some people who may be like, hey, 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 I thought supposed to keep. Bro, is that a Jesus fish? fish? Wait, yeah, whoa, like, wait a minute. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't whoa, want whoa, that. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Don't push your stuff on me. Uh, it's a great question. Uh, part of this effort is for folks to not have to guess. Uh, we don't want people to have to assume what I stand for, assume what I'm about. Let's know what he's about. And now, now let's have the conversations about deeper things, have the conversations about what the problems are out there, how we can fix them, how we can resolve them. You know who I am, you know where I stand for, even before I even walk in the room. And that's one of the main goals that we're trying to achieve with such a distinct logo. Um, you know, it's, yeah. it's got a, a double meaning for those that uh, don't know the biblical account of what a, a fish signifies. There was a story in the Bible where there was a group of uh, 3,000 and 5,000 at one other point in the Bible where uh, a miracle took place and it involved a fish where uh, you know, you got some folks that were hungry. I'm not sure what races or ethnicities were out there, but folks were hungry. And <laughs> the only thing that was available were a few loaves and a few fish. And so uh, a miracle took place where just using uh, a few fish, a multitude was fed. Uh, mm -hmm. 5,000, 3,000 were fed where you saw a fish was multiplied. Part of what this effort is, is defining what can be looked at as limitations and saying, hey, miracles can happen. And so some folks will look at it as a Jesus fish, which, you know, I'll throw it out there. I have no problem saying, yes, it is. Or it can be a symbol of a, a historical account where a miracle happened and something that people didn't think would be possible where everybody can eat. And mm. in the state of New York, everybody can eat, everybody can uh, have abundance. And it starts with just a miracle, believing in the possibility of miracles, believing in the possibility that what we may think are the, uh, the constraints of, of, of human thought, we can go beyond that. Uh, and, and so this is a symbol of, yes, faith, but then even, even a bigger point, uh, bigger point of, of miracles. Miracles absolutely can happen. This is a impossible journey when we look at uh, a person that doesn't have the check marks that one would look for in terms of name recognition. I think I, outside of you and Ike, nobody in the state of New York knows who I am. <laughs> and so, um, you know, so that, that name recognition box isn't checked off. Um, I don't have uh, billions of dollars in my bank account, so that box isn't checked off. Mm -hmm. And I haven't held public office for decades and haven't had a institutionalized family name. So those things set it up as making it look like this is impossible to happen. 
But we in regular people talk and regular people like we go out there and we do the impossible. I'm the last of, I say six or, or four because my mother, uh, she adopted two other children and she was by herself. And she raised amazing children on her own. And when I describe it to people today, their first reaction is, Paul, that's impossible. How could one woman raise, you know, three boys and one girl on, uh, you know, first generation, you know, being uh, an immigrant from a different country and going to school and, and having time to help you with homework and still cooking and still doing all of these things. And none of you are in jail. None of you mm. have criminal records. None of you have, uh, you know, found yourself on the wrong side of the law. But it was the impossible. And she had a deep faith that showed that if you believe in something big and you believe in something great, then what people think aren't able, isn't able to be done, you can absolutely do it. I gotta say, man, like, uh, and, I, and I've seen this firsthand, you know? I've been in, in, the, in the house, you know? I've seen Pastor Nichols, you, yeah. know, really, yeah, you know, like it's, I just saw it the other day, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you know, when you first told me that you were running for governor, I was like, "You can be oh. honest, like what in the world?" I was like, "Yeah, the first, what the first world? reaction because <laughs> what, what bus did he get hit by?" No, none of the friends. <laughs> you would think, but then I thought, "Yeah, that makes perfect sense. It makes sense that he would, you know, like, and and the the pretty cool thing was that when we were at the rally." I don't like the term rally because I just think of like sometimes like racism, but right, right, uh, like clan right, rallies, but the political get together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. When we're at the campaign event, the, the initial one, I'm looking around and I'm like, this is a community. Mm. Like this is authentic. Like, and obviously, obviously, people can say like, "Oh, you're biased because you know," but you know, but just looking at that—that that was my first campaign event. Wow! And nice. and when you see, it's like, "Oh, nah, this is the community. It, it, it's a real grassroots thing." And the pretty cool thing, the pretty cool thing that I've been seeing around the country is that grassroots of grassroots movements yeah. work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, because. You know, there's an energy out there that folks are looking at the world around them. And, and, and one of the things you heard me say is you can feel and, and see that something's not right. Something's not working. Mm. And people may not be able to put their finger exactly on it and know what it is, know what's not working, but you can feel it. Something's not right. And that energy has been materializing in a way that they've looked at the leadership and said, hey, you guys play a role in it. And, you know, I've worked closely with a number of politicians. I, I, I work with one now. Um, I've been in state government since I was 19 years old. Mm -hmm. I, uh, in college, first interned with an upstate Republican, as a matter of fact, uh, Senator John Bonasic, who represented parts of Orange County and the state here. And, you know, it was an interesting perspective and, and, and I was able to, here, you know, folks have gotten to a place where Republicans versus Democrats and it's become like, you know, evil versus good when it shouldn't be that. These are just people that have different viewpoints. Mm. But it was one of those things where I was able to hear people and, and hear issues 
I grew up in Southeast Queens and in Jamaica. And to now hear the issues of people in Orange County, you realize people aren't that much different, regardless of where you come from or what you look like. Mm-hmm. But we can all feel the frustration. We can all feel that something's not right to the point where people are leaving the state of New York that otherwise would not leave. They don't want to leave. They want to set up a home here, build their family here. But it, it's just not making sense for them to do that. Mm-hmm. And Recently, and, and some folks may or may not be following uh, politics and elections that closely, but uh, India Walton, she ran an amazing campaign up in Buffalo against the four-term Buffalo mayor, Byron Brown, who, again, I know as well. Um, they overwhelmingly said we wanted something new. It's a very similar campaign to this one, which was a little bit encouraging because no one knew her. She didn't have any money, never held political office before. And so all of the boxes that I'm checking off that aren't the boxes that you want to check off, she yeah. checked them <laughs> off. And she pulled an amazing upset and went one by seven points up there. And so that's just a, uh, and again, this all happened before I even announced these things happened that her, her campaign had already started. And so this is just more confirmation that people, wherever you are all throughout the state, feel that this is a time when we need something different and our leaders need to be tapped into that energy of regular folks, mm. need to be tapped into that energy. One of the things I mentioned at the uh, rally campaign event, we can call it everything <laughs> that you want to call it. Uh, one of the things that I mentioned is uh, you know, we have a leader who, again, uh, the current governor, and again, this is no knock, and uh, we see the, the work that he's done was, you know, very, very good. But uh, him and a, and a number of other folks, when the pandemic was raging, you know, it seemed like they were seeing for the first time that there's serious inequities in communities of color. Mm. Now, we've seen them for years. We've known that yeah. they've been there, and, and yeah. we've protested when they wanted to close down hospitals. And we said, hey, Mm. there's only but so much closing you can do before you're going to have a problem here. I literally stood in front of Peninsula Hospital in Far Rockaway uh, amongst hundreds of others that were speaking to the very same leadership here saying you cannot close this hospital. And what did they do? They closed it anyway. Uh, Mary Immaculate, that's another hospital in Southeast Queens that, you know, it was been closed and shuttered for a long time and hasn't been replaced. So we saw the Mm -hmm. issues there. We knew that there were issues there, but they weren't addressed because the head wasn't really connected to the rest of the body to feel the importance of healthcare, of, of, of educational systems. And so it's time that we dramatically rethink and rethought the way we approach our leadership. But why not have a leader that looks like us, feels what we feel, and and, and the policies that they enact will affect them as well. Okay. My, yeah. You know, my taxes will go up and and, and whatever you know we pass to this state, it's gonna affect me because I'm I'm not rich. Mm. Yeah, man. That makes me think of like a uh we recently interviewed marty solomon who's like this very renowned biblical teacher where we talked about like inequities in churches right Mm, where mm. he said if you want to know if your system is working go speak to the most disenfranchised person in your ministry wow wow you know where it's like if we want to know if our system is working even when it comes to now government go talk to the people who are disenfranchised 
if your if your desire is for people to succeed. Right, right, right. If that's right. the desire. But if that's not your desire, you're not going to talk to them. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. Please go ahead. And, and, and that's one of the things that 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 we've seen, because we've you know, as I've been um, going around, folks have actually been really energized about the campaign and they've been energized about the effort. Um, folks haven't really the, the regular people. They're like gung ho, like, yeah, go for it. And then some of the ones that have been in the system a little bit longer they'll say, well, you know, what, what qualifies you? What qualifications mm. do you have? And I don't really go into depth because I've been in government. I know state government like the back of my hand. But the state constitution, in interestingly enough, the qualifications for running for governor of the state is you have to be at least 30 years old. Unfortunately, I meet that uh, requirement. Now, I would have loved to not meet that requirement instead of doing it up in my 20s. Uh, so, but unfortunately, I meet that requirement of being at least 30 years old. And you have to have been a resident of the state for five years. Now, the folks that wrote that uh, in their wisdom, they didn't put in specific things because they understood that leadership can come from anywhere. They understood that you don't want to place a label on where we have those that govern. So we as people have unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, we've placed our own qualifications in there, which makes people look less and less like regular folks. So right. now the talking point is, yeah, I'm a billionaire and I'm, uh, I'm, I've been the CEO of a multi-million dollar company and um, look at the lifestyle I live where, you know, I, most of the people that I'm around, we're not billionaires and we're not millionaires. And some folks are barely even thousandaires. I don't even know if that's a word or a hundred years. Uh, some folks only got 20 bucks in the, in the, yeah. to their name. And, and you, you, we have placed qualifications in, in, in the folks at least that make them, look, make them look less and less like us. Not everyone comes from an, an institutionalized family name. Not everyone has held political office for 20, 30 years and decades. We have essentially made the qualifications that the language out here is, is the 1%. So now we're having the 1% lead the 99%. And yeah. that makes a little less and less sense to, to someone like me where the person that I would really like to lead us is one of the 99 that feel, that, that, that understand that, is plugged into the issues. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm waging this campaign to resist that, that, that inclination towards having our leaders look less and less like us. Um, you know, I, I, I don't really share too much in common with Mayor Michael Bloomberg and, and uh, you know, great mayor, but um, I don't share that much in common with Donald Trump. And, and, um, and, um, you know, this, there's no commentary on his presidency, but, um, you know, we've we've seen these leaders who have led the way be at the helm of a system that's moved further and further away from working for everybody. So that should tell us something that they don't really feel. And again, these are good people. I, I know a lot of these people. Um, it's no not to them, but when you 
you don't connect in a very real and intimate way with the people that you're representing. You can not understand that if, if you're passing a policy that will increase somebody's cost of living by even $15, mm-hmm. that to you, $15 is nothing. That's probably the money you find in your couch, depending on how wealthy you are. But to, I literally know regular people who $15, $20 completely throws off their budget and completely mm-hmm. puts them in a, in a place of pain and hurt. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. if you're if you, in a Nichols administration, any policy that's passed, if it's going to increase the cost of living by even so much as a dollar or $5, we're examining that thing to the T and it is not going through unless it is absolutely necessary that it will benefit everyone and that everyone will be able to still survive and have the same quality of living uh, with it going through because you have to, you have to fight like crazy in order to defend and uphold everyone's quality of life. And if it, if it doesn't mean anything to you um, and, and, and you don't feel the, the impact of 50, $100, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll check it off and it'll go right through. So it's time that we had somebody that was regular, somebody that really understands and feels, you know, leading the way. Yeah, man, I love how you are talking about the idea of feeling. And being connected because oftentimes, you know, like I, I'm, a, I'm in healthcare, I'm a nurse. We can sometimes, sometimes when you take feeling out of medicine, it becomes some other type of practice. Wow, wow. But like yeah. when you take feeling out of politics, hmm. which politics are supposed to be there to serve the people, uh, then that, oh, that's yeah. probably a problem. Yeah, right, right. Now, now it looks like now it looks like private business because mm. there's a difference between having a corporate CEO. And again, that's 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 the language that's into that's injected itself into our politics where we're rushing to have, wow, this guy was an amazing CEO of a company, so they know how to run businesses, they know how to increase bottom lines. Yes, that's a component of government is, is managing and managing business. But when you're dealing with corporate, where it's it's it really is heartless. It's it's about the bottom line. It's about making sure the dollars and the cents line up and whether or not it impacts the lives of people positively, that's not our concern because that's not the objective of. Of, of the private sector, nor should it be. Mm-hmm. Um, but the government needs to have a heart and it needs to be driven by the people. So yeah, you're gonna manage budgets, which we'll do. Yes, you're going to make sure that there's you know, surpluses and not deficits, which we will do. And yes, there's a sprawling bureaucracy that you have to make sure is in place and in line. But at the heart of everything should be people. How does this impact the regular the regular person. Now, interestingly enough, the way our government is set up now, and and for a moment after I left politics, before I came back, I was the director of a, of a, of a community center out in, in, in Forty Project, mm-hmm. and that's South Jamaica Houses out here in Queens. And um, one of the things that we did, we had an after-school program that we we focused on helping young people academically. The way we set up our classroom for being able to maximize the effectiveness of the program, and, and educators out there will know that this is this is a not too uncommon strategy, 
is if you've got a group of young people, you assess which ones are, are, are strong, which ones are, are the smarter ones, which ones are the ones that are doing well, which ones are better suited for you know being able to be a little bit more independent. Mm-hmm. And you set the environment for them, you set the atmosphere for them to do well, and you let them go because they require a little bit less supervision because they're they're strong, they're well suited, they understand the work. So you just kind of check in on them once in a while. Timmy, you're okay, you got it straight, everything's good, just check on them. But what you do in that setting is you place more emphasis on the ones that may not be as strong, may not really understand the work as well, or may come from a background that make it a little bit harder for them to uh, you know, understand and, 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 and excel the material. You place a lot of your energy, a lot of your focus on them to make sure that they can come up high and get to the level of the other kids. Mm-hmm. What we've done in the state is the reverse. We've focused and placed all of our energy on the kids that are already doing very well. We place all of our energy and our focus on those that are already the A students and they're going to be fine at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And the kids that need the most work, the kids that need the most attention, we basically ignored them and, and, and allowed their situations to get even worse. So a Nichols administration will reverse that paradigm where we're only as strong as our weakest link. And so we will place and turn and shift the priority to those that need the extra help, those that need to have a little bit of a, a helping hand. And that's really what government's job is to do, is to try to level the playing field, to try to use the resources that we have to be able to focus on bringing those that won't ultimately do well without intervention to help bring them up and level the playing field. Mm. Yo, yeah, man, I, I love that idea. Um, there's this, there's this thing that keeps jumping out to me that I definitely want to go back and address right now. Right. So when a lot of times people, uh, when they hear Christians or they hear someone's very, you know, served in a church, very faith-based, a lot of people, you know, even like a lot of friends from the LGBT community think, okay, so if someone's in the church and run for politics, this is going to be bad for me, right. you know? Um, and I think a lot of us Christians on like a grassroot level have actively been trying to reverse that stigma by showing love, like on a real level, like right. real showing love to your friends from that community. Cause unfortunately right. the church has hurt a lot of people and not just people from the uh, gay community, but people in the church as well. So I definitely want to give an opportunity like to like to let people know from that community, okay, like this administration won't be against me. Right, 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 right. That's a, that's a great point. Um, the, 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 the world that we've turned to live in now is one where faith equals radicalism and, and faith and, and a belief in uh, Christian principles means, you know, we're going to, you know, be coming and burning folks at the stake. And, you know, there's been a misrepresentation, not to go into a deeper place of, you know, where we are as a Christian people. Um, this is not a commentary on that, but essentially what we're here to do is to assure folks that the, the focus of this administration is to make sure that people are empowered. 
We're not here to take anyone's rights away. We're not here to take anyone back into the 1950s, back into mm. the 1960s. Um, we are a, a, a campaign that is driven by making sure people are empowered. Mm. Um, you know, I don't comment on, on where people are in their individual walks and where we feel we are in our process as a society. Um, you know, my job is not to be a dictator. My job is not to be, uh, these are Paul's uh, morals and principles and values, and I'm going to impose them on everybody else. That's not where we are. Um, as the church, and this is, you know, I'll, 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 I'll slap the church on the, on, the, on, the, on the wrist a little bit. We <laughs> unfortunately have highlighted certain acts over others. And, and the Bible that I read doesn't do that and, say, and says that, Things are things that we as a church would say, you know, we need to take a look at. They're all equal and they're all the same. And, and, and to look at something and highlight one behavior as being worse than another, or we need to focus on this group and say they're not doing what they're supposed to do. There's a lot of stuff that the, that the, that the church themselves probably need to focus on before you go into a place of, of demonizing and attacking one, one group over another. Um, my job is to be the governor of the entire state, and my job is to protect the rights of everyone. Where the state is at a given point in time, okay, it, I, my, my values are going to be what they are, and I'm going to stand up for what I believe is right. I don't believe people should be persecuted, regardless of if you choose to do something that I might not agree with. That's not my job. My job is to, to protect the safety of everyone. My job is to create a climate in which people that want to get ahead economically, socially, that they can do that. My job is to make sure that if someone feels that this state isn't working for them, that we isolate what that issue is and get it working for them. People can be able to bring their businesses here, start businesses here, start homes here, start families here. And so to those members of, of, of those communities and beyond, I'm absolutely not a right-wing radicalist. <laughs> Jesus fish notwithstanding. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I absolutely believe in, in wherever we are as a people, we demonstrate and we show love. Whether we disagree or agree on everything, the, the one of the things that when you get into politics and you open your mouth, you know that half the people are going to disagree with what you say, and that's okay. Yeah, um, I know. I, I was so happy when you got married, and I'm still, um, you know, getting to get close to that place where you are. And <laughs> one of the things that you happen in a marriage is uh, two people that love each other they disagree, and mm. and and people will disagree. But that doesn't make them your enemy. That doesn't make them a demagogue. That doesn't make them someone that, uh, you know, has got horns on their head. We won't agree on things. And yeah. there's some things that uh, I, I'm sure your lovely wife, she's right most of the time. And, and, <laughs> and, uh, you'll, you'll attest to that. And then there's times where you will be right. And yeah. um, there will be times when her opinion may ultimately get shifted to where your opinion was. And so mm. she may understand and see the wisdom of something that you were saying at one moment and, and, and came over to your side and vice versa. You know, you, as long as you're with an open mind and as long as you're willing to always listen and as long as you're willing to know that if you disagree, that's okay. Mm. But we don't have to hate each other. We don't have to 
call each other names. We don't have to discriminate against each other. We don't have to be physically violent to each other. We have to respect, still have love at the center of everything that you do. I'm a loving person. And regardless of what happens, agree or disagree, uh, liberal politics or conservative politics or fiscally liberal or fiscally conservative, there's going to be love and there's going to be a, a focus on people that everyone does well. Mm. No, that's, yo, that, I, I like that analogy of, of this being like a marriage because, yes. you know, if we're being realistic, we're living in this state together. We're living in these communities That's together. It's the same home. <laughs> yeah, like, yo, we're together. And, like, just because you, do, you don't agree, that doesn't mean you're on opposite sides. Right. You know, and I, and I think sometimes um, the fear of you is, is that, and, and, and fear, right? Yes. Like, because if I say I disagree with X, like, then maybe you can associate my disagreement to the extreme version, right, right, you right. know, like, um, I, you know, like I have some friends, right. Well, they'll say, okay, they like, maybe there's some family members. Say, okay. One, my, like a friend from the LGBT community, their families, like say they had issues with their family and their family not agreeing, you know, say, I would agree with your lifestyle, but then their perception was, okay, wait a minute. So does that mean, you don't care about my safety. Does that mean right. you don't, um, you want me to, you know. Right, don't care about your economic you don't care. You don't, don't care, care about, about your mental health well-being. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, and sometimes families have done that to people. So their fear can be, okay, if you don't know, if, if I come in contact with someone who doesn't agree with something, my assumption could be that they hate me or the worst things. But even for me, like, if, say, like, and I know you don't have to you don't have to say anything to this because, you, you know, but say, you know, uh, I could run to someone who a friend who say they voted for Trump. Right. So then the association can sometimes be, OK, if you voted right. for Trump, you agree with the far, with everything. Right yeah. Now you're everything. The violence. Mm -hmm. So it's because it's like the increase in violence mm -hmm. or the increase in mm -hmm. hate crimes. Like we can then associate that with that person. Right. However, and it's the easiest thing because then I can just, I can disregard you as a person, right. you know, which right. is not good. I can cancel you, right? right. But the, 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 the tougher part when we realize, wait a minute, if we're all have to occupy the same space, maybe let me have, a, we're going to have to have some uncomfortable conversations because this isn't, because these are your neighbors, right? right? These are people you you will see in church. You're you know? married to them. You're married, yo. Facts, yeah. We if you are. Leave that, if you leave that that toilet seat up, <laughs> there's some conversations that have to happen. Right. You know. So I guess the, the 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 point of what I'm saying is that since we are occupying the space together, we can have these conversations because a lot of uh, most times. People are a lot more reasonable and rational right. than you give them credit for. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, like you said earlier, people just want the same thing. They want to, you know, they want to have the right to have a family. They want to live in a, a peaceful neighborhood. They want to be able to go to work and make a living for the, you know, for themselves. I just said a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> no, the, the thing is, you you hit on some great points there because when we look at where we are, 
in our politics today, it's it's really a sad state. And, and it's people that have more in common than they have different attacking each other on the small differences. And part of what this effort is going to be is more of a unifying effort where, again, and, and this is part of when you have one of the 99% kind of taking the lead where we all feel each other. We all, we all have the, 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 the same common goals in mind. We want to live in a, in a city and a state that's safe. We want to be able to, if we want to start our own business, have those opportunities be available. We want to be able to at least have the right to do what we want to do in private in private mm-hmm. and not be demonized oh, yeah. for it. And, oh yeah. Um, you know, my private <laughs> stuff, you know, <laughs> But, you know, we we want to make sure that, you know, this is a place where we can disagree in a good place. Um, like I said, my, my interestingly enough, my career in politics started with a Republican. Mm. My, my intro into everything that I knew, everything that I learned about state government was a Republican, Senator John Bonasick from upstate New York. And he showed me a lot, the, the, the team and the staff there. They showed me a lot. I learned a lot. And I learned that Republicans aren't bad people. They are amazing people. They are good people. They are, they look just like us, sound like us. And, and that's not a bad thing. Um, and interestingly enough, you know, you, 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 looking at it through that lens, it made me see uh, Democratic politics a little bit differently. But, you know, knowing that, you know, there's, so much more that we 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 have in common. That's the driving principle: is focusing on the similarities, and that's what hey, this on, is. Wait, hold on, real quick. Who's um that buzzing? Is that Ike? Do you have any idea what the where that buzzing's coming from? It might be from one of your guys's phones. Right, I'm gonna move my like, phone away. Like, hey, Paul, are you on your phone right now? Are you no. talking? Let's see. Okay. Is it still you're hearing a buzzing right now? Buzzing's done. Now it's done. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it sounded like one of those. It sounded like one of those airwave transmission buzzing. You know, it was more so like a phone buzzing. You know. Okay. I just moved my phone away. But by all means, I know you're you're a busy man, so you probably can't put your phone on airplay mode. But in- <laughs> <laughs> these podcasts is always good to have phones on airplane mode. Got it. Got it. Got it. You guys could- yeah, airplane mode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so I know we're approaching the uh, uh, you know your your time where you have another engagement, but I want to wrap up with this idea of the impossible, right? Sure, sure. I I think we all want to believe in something bigger. We all love that underdog story, right? Yeah. But sometimes we're afraid to believe in the impossible. And mm-hmm. when I was at your political campaign, um, I felt that energy. Like, I left feeling way different than when I came in. I came in saying, all right, let me see what my boy is about to do. <laughs> like, let me see what he's trying to get into. Right. And I left thinking, yo, this just may work. this is crazy enough to work absolutely and and that's the energy that we've been getting um when people have been finding out and they've been and they've been alerted to the campaign that it's happening people are feeling that and and um our people are you know uniquely 
situated for believing in, in, in the impossible, the mm. American story, the American dream, you know, regardless of what you look like and where you come from. At one point, going back into the 13 colonies, it almost seemed like it was impossible to ever feel like you'd be uh, removed from the shackles of Britain rule. But mm. somebody believed in the impossible back then, and we saw what happened. Mm. When we saw the unfortunate shackles of slavery kind of mm. gripping our people, you know, we talked about Harriet Tubman, and, you know, she was going to some of her folks saying, hey, I can be free. You crazy, Harry. What you talking about, free? <laughs> That's impossible. Massa would never let that happen. Yeah. But somebody was crazy enough to believe in the impossible. And that's what she did. And we saw the results of it. And we're here again at that same crossroads where impossible really is just a code for really hard. Mm. And people sometimes want to take the easy road. And sometimes the only way to get something done is to go the really hard road. So impossible will be impossible. This is just really hard. <laughs> um, you know, being an absolute nobody with no money, with nothing and wanting to be the governor of the state of New York. It's not impossible. It's just really, really hard. <laughs> um, but we can do the really hard things because that's what we do. That's what we do as New Yorkers. That's what we do as a people. Single mothers do it all the time. Single fathers do it all the time. Those people that are starting to try to be, uh, believe that they can be business owners and be entrepreneurs. To some people that they tell in their family, that's impossible. You'll never be able to do that. But they've done it. And, and we can do it. Um, we can show the rest of the country what leadership can look like. We can really bring skin and, 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 and blood and bones and marrow to this Black Lives Matter movement. We will be doing something historic here because the state of New York has never elected a Black governor. Wow. We've had one. But he wasn't elected. It was a uh, an ascension because the previous governor had to step down because of a scandal. So we can show the rest of the country that New York, Black Lives Matter here, where it's just not about putting paint on a boulevard where in, you know, I know the paint on Jamaica Avenue, that's kind of faded now at this point and people still stepping over it. So that may not be the best symbol that we want, but it's a start. It is a start. But Black Lives Matter when they will be in the positions that matter, making the decisions that matter to see the change that matters. And we can send that message that will reverberate, that we can do the impossible, we can do the really hard. And all it takes is just the, 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 a little bit of faith. Somebody said somewhere, the faith of a grain of a mustard seed. You always hear me saying somewhere. I know what you're saying. <laughs> but... Uh, the faith, the grain of, of a mustard seed where, you know, we believe that with that faith of size of a mustard seed, not only can you climb mountains, but you can just tell the mountains to be moved. Oh, man, I'm feeling inspired right now. I'm feeling like, you know, <laughs> yo, Paul Nichols, man, do the impossible. I'm, I'm feeling it, bro. And, uh, I appreciate man. that. Man. Yo, I, I yo, I am at a loss for words on how to end this podcast. I'll probably just end it after you just finished talking because that was <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's good to believe in something. And I do believe in this. I do believe in what you're doing. Um, and I think people will believe as well when they when they hear you and when they yeah. speak to you, when they see you, when they see that you're a real person, man. Um, 
And I have to say too, I mean, I'm proud of you, man. You know, where and you know, this is just a little bro. Excuse us, audience. I have a little little bro moment here for a second. <laughs> um, I'm proud of you, and 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 someone could even say some of the things that you've done is is breaking the mold, is going against the grain, and showing people what can be done. This is an amazing podcast, an amazing platform that you created. Your own personal story is amazing. Again, um, where we started, you know, where we both are, um, some would even say it was impossible, but um, you're doing an amazing job. This is an amazing platform. Thank you for allowing me to be able to, to come and to, to, to share and to, you know, present a crazy idea for folks, a crazy idea to believe that better days can be ahead, a crazy idea to believe that you can afford to live in the state that you call home again, a crazy idea to believe that one day you'll be able to pass down something to your children and pass down wealth and being able to lift up those that are around you. So, um, you know, these are crazy ideas, which shouldn't be crazy, but in the world that we're living in, it's harder and harder to see how it can be done, but we can do it. I believe in it. I'm grateful for you, Ike, man, you know, being a, 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 new, a new parent, you know, just even that aspect of, of, of you know, taking on new tasks and, and, and starting new journeys. This is a new journey. This is a new day. And this is a new age that we don't want to look like how it's looked for the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years. We've seen what that looks like. We've seen people being crushed under the weight of property taxes. We've seen being, uh, people being crushed under the weight of business taxes. It doesn't have to be that way. Folks may say yeah. it's impossible, but I still believe in the impossible. Mm. And there you have it. We're done. <laughs> Do the impossible, believe the impossible, and it shall be done. Peace, y'all. Before I go, where can people get in contact with you? You can get in contact. You can send an email to nichols York at gmail.com, or you can come to the website, nichols2020.com. Sign up, volunteer, donate. We'll take it all. Every little bit counts. Dollars, nickels, pennies. Hey, hey, Nicholas. hey look, my last name is Nichols, so there you go. It makes sense. Time for change. <laughs> Yo, peace, y'all.